The Virginia Cavaliers are your 2019 NCAA Men's Basketball National Champions. It was a game for the ages. So now that the season is over, who is next season's favorite? How is the spring ball outlook and recruiting looking for the top teams in college football? And who's got a shot at next year's 2020 college football playoff? All that and more right now. It's Tuesday Takeover. Welcome back, Tuesday Takeover. Logan Weber, Austin McNaughton, Tucker Quinn. Good to be back in the studio. A little bit of a, a hiatus there. Uh, sorry to all you viewers that were expecting the show last week. Uh, unfortunately, we had some some circumstances that had to happen. Tucker and Austin went to last week's baseball game down at the the T Bones facility for the for the Northwest Missouri State baseball team. I had a, a dinner to attend with the women's basketball team here at Northwest. So. Couldn't do the show last week, but feels good to get back in the studio this week. Got some big topics to go over, the Final Four, and an early look at next season, both for college football and college basketball. Got a lot of information to cover this week. Looking forward to it, fellas. It's fantastic to be back. It was one of the greatest March Madnesses, one of the best Final Fours I can remember, um, as it always is. And spring is in the air. It's, a, it's, gr- it's beautiful outside. I never thought I'd see the day where it's like Maryville is nice. Yeah. It's nice outside. I put Can't on, believe I it. I put on my long sleeve shirt and heading out the door, coming to the studio today, and I kind of broke a sweat as I was walking here. <laughs> I'm not quite ready I'm for fine, this 80 I'm degree weather, that. but you oh, know I'm very what? Fine with, I'm, it, it's time to play some golf. Bring on the 100 golf, degree so. weather in my opinion. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. It is time to play some golf. Speaking of golf, that's something we are going to discuss a little bit later in the show for you guys that are interested in golf and and watch the masters this weekend we are going to have some tiger woods and some masters talk later in the show but first we have got to discuss the final four finally gonna kind of get into that of course missing the show last week but like you said austin what a what a tremendous final four and ncaa tournament in general but what a great final four we had and definitely a defensive final four starting with the Texas Tech-Michigan State game. And, and, I mean, what a defensive battle it was, which, with it being a defensive battle, leaned in the direction of Texas Tech all afternoon long because that's kind of the style they like to play. Michigan State's more of a get-out, run the floor, we want to score more points than you instead of stopping you defensively. And, and that really was a, a key catalyst for for Texas Tech, as was Matt Mooney, who... Of course, everybody associates Texas Tech with Jarrett Culver, but it was Matt Mooney that that really got the the Red Raiders going offensively. He scored 22 points, shot 50% from the field and from the three-point line as the Red Raiders advanced to their first national championship in school history, continuing their historic run because they had never even made a Sweet 16, or an Elite 8, I should say, before this year, making their first Final Four, their first national championship game. So just a... Just a remarkable job by, by Chris Beard and the players on that team. Cassius Winston scored 16 points for, for Michigan State. As is to be expected, he's their, their best player. He's their, their guy. But 16 points on 16 shots. Shot just 4 of 16 from the field. 2 of 8 from the 3-point line. He also finished with only 2 assists and had 4 turnovers. 
Texas Tech knew he was going to be the key for Michigan State offensively. They game planned for him, and that worked to near perfection all afternoon. Yeah, and I think they kind of had a mindset, too, thinking back to it, where they're fine with letting him score 16, but they didn't let really anyone else get going either. I mean, they held the Spartans to 31% from the floor. I mean, Chris Beard's game plan in this game was executed to perfection. I mean, we saw it executed to perfection against Michigan. We saw it executed to perfection against Buffalo. Um, and, and what was really impressive in this tournament, I think, and one of the biggest difference makers for Texas Tech in this tournament, was Jared Culver wasn't at his best, especially in this Final Four. He wasn't at his best, but other guys stepped up. And we saw when Texas Tech, in the middle, early part of the Big 12 season, when he wasn't performing, his other teammates weren't stepping up. Then when they went on that huge run to go and end up winning the Big 12 regular season champs, other guys were stepping up. And we saw the same thing in this NCAA tournament. Other guys stepped up when Jarrett Culver wasn't. And the thing is, too, is that we – Week after week, we prided Texas Tech so much on their defense. Defense, 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 defense. But it was more than just defense. I mean, Texas Tech, you know, at the end of the first half over Michigan State, outscored the Spartans 23-21, such a low-scoring game, and we really saw that defense erupt. But when Texas Tech came out of the locker room, they scored 38 points on 30 possessions in the second half, which is absolutely insane. Then we go and talk about Jarrett Culver, the absolute stud of an athlete Texas Tech, you know, owns. Um, he went three and twelve from the floor that night. And w- to base it off what you said, Austin, you know, Matt Moody really, really stepped up for the Raiders. I mean, like I said, the Big Twelve Player of the Year was held to three of twelve from the floor, yep. and Moody scored twenty two points. And you know, he kept the Spartans off balance with a mix of threes and those finger roll twos that he had. So, all in all. When you went into the national championship, and we'll, we'll discuss that here in a second, but when you looked in the national championship, you saw two very, very evenly matched ball clubs go up against each other. I mean, Texas Tech and Virginia both relied on their defensive firepower. Um, but that was such the cool thing to see is that, you know, when Jarrett Culver went down and was not as performing as well as, you know, he could have been, other people stepped up for him. Yeah, and speaking of the Virginia Cavaliers, our, of course, our second Final Four matchup, Virginia, they took on Auburn, and continuing that theme from the first Final Four game with Texas Tech and Michigan State, another heavyweight defensive bout in, in our second Final Four matchup, Ty Jerome w- was absolutely tremendous for Virginia in that game. He scored 21 points, especially late in the game, hit some huge shots to keep Virginia in the game. Virginia was up, I mean, for for most of that second half, got the lead to double digits, and then Auburn came rolling back. It took a five-point lead, I I believe, at one point, and then Ty Jerome took over. Him and Kyle Guy kind of combined late in that game to to put Virginia over the top. He hit some absolutely huge shots, but none of those shots were bigger than Kyle Guy's free throws. 0.6 seconds left in the game. Kyle Guy shoots a corner three and gets fouled. You could say it was controversial. From what I saw, it was definitely it was a, foul. a foul. Do you think it was a foul? On the three? It was a foul on the three. Yeah. But to open, if we're opening this can, we have to talk about this blown double dribble call. Yeah, of course you do. It, I mean, it, and it was. It was It was absolutely a double dribble. And so here's the question i got to ask is, 
did the did the officiating crew just not know the call? Did they not call it because of the situation of where the game was at? Just like you can say for the Kyle, you know, the the three pointer that mm-hmm. was called at the very end, or the foul on three pointer was called at the very end. Do you make that call as an official? Well, and you mentioned you mentioned is that something that the officials must have missed? And this was something that you and I noticed, Austin, in watching we the game during the post game. Joe Steratore, who's the head of of officials for the NCAA, he was on on the on the call, or he was in the I guess studio, you could say, right off right off the court with yeah. with Greg Anthony and, and Charles, Charles Barkley and, and Kevin Harlan and all those guys and. He he mentioned that the way the ball bounced off of Ty Jerome's foot was just strange, right? Because he, he kind of went behind his back with it, and it hit his back heel and then just kind of died on the floor right behind him. So it made it look as though he tried. Ty Jerome may have tried to go behind the back and just didn't get it behind his back all the way, 100%. and the ball just dribbled back there. 100%. That's the biggest factor to me. If that ball would have hit off his foot and rolled five feet down the floor – and he would have picked it up and started dribbling. That would have been, oh, that's a double dribble because he picked it up. And But since it was such a just bang, bang play, it looked like what exactly you just said. It looked like, oh, he just lost it. He just dribbled it off his leg and he just lost it rather than, oh, that hit off his foot. So I don't think the official really noticed it until afterwards in the replay. And they're like, oh, because even when you and I saw it, we were like, hold on a minute. Was, did that hit off his foot, or did he just lose it? And then we saw the replay, and we're like, that's as soon a double as, dribble. As soon as it happened live, I said, that's a double dribble. Yeah. He double dribbled. And now, it was it was so, so quick during the – because, I mean, as soon as he did it, it was quick. He had the ball back up in his hand, and and there was – I mean, it was a very bang-bang sort of play. And, I mean, I understand that there's a lot of Auburn fans that are upset about that call, and I don't blame them. But you just you can't blame it on one thing to happen during the course of the game. And here's also the thing when you do that is if you open up that box and review that the double dribble, then you're going to be looking at the foul before the double dribble where it looked like um, Auburn was trying to foul Jerome because they were trying to foul in that situation. And so they were grabbing him, which kind of maybe forced him to lose it in the first place. So that's the problem with like, oh, well, replays are ruining the game of college basketball. It's like, well, you want to make sure you get the call right. But if you're reviewing every single play, then that's, that's where it becomes impossible. Yeah, it it's re- like what we're going to potentially see in the NFL this season right. with the uh, replays of pass interference calls. It could be a serious issue with saying, oh, well, now we got to review this, and we're going to be throwing challenge flags at the end of the game and stuff like that. Right. It, it, becomes, it becomes the issue of you're removing the human, human element error. from the game. It could be a, equivalent to like people debating about whether we should have robot umps in baseball. It's just sometimes you just got to have that human error part of it because that's part of the game. That's right. just part of it. You got to have that human error aspect. Yep. Completely agree. But you talk about that foul late in the game. Point six seconds left on the clock. Kyle Guy gets a corner three. He gets fouled, right? Because that he's up in the air. You've got a, the NCAA rules say the officiating rules of the game of basketball say that that offensive player, that shooter, has to have room to land. He has to be able to come down on his feet. The defender contests out. He the defender is also in the air alongside Kyle Guy. Hits Kyle Guy while he's in the air. I mean that's a foul. So Kyle Guy goes to the line and hits three of the biggest free throws I have ever witnessed. 
and, and three of the biggest free throws. How clutch is uh, that? Just unbelievable. I mean, you see even like NBA players nowadays. Like if you're in a clutch situation like that, like that, they can't even hit all three sometimes. I mean, you think back to last year's finals where. Uh, Oh man, I'm blanking on the name. The guy who missed the free throws in game one, and then that whole JR debacle. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of his name, but there's a perfect example. You have a chance to win it at the line, and then they don't. And for him to step up, I mean, he didn't even touch the rim on any of them. They were straight through. Yeah. I mean, barely touched the net perfect. And, I mean, those are those were huge. And, and the first one is always the hardest. And, and that's something that I mentioned to you, Austin, we, when we were watching the game. Yep, I said if he exactly. hits the first one, he's hitting all three. Yep. Kyle Guy is a tremendous free throw shooter, 84% on the year, but it's about that first one. Because, oh, yeah. I mean, your body is is tight. Your head is running at a million miles an hour. Your heart's beating you out of your chest. You're scared to death. But no, no expression on Kyle Guy's face. He went to that line, and you knew he was scared to death, but he wasn't baffled by it one bit. He hit the first one, and as soon as he hit the first one, you knew he was going to hit the other two, and Virginia yeah. was going to win this ball game. Oh, yeah. And you saw that in the national championship game, too, from him, is that he went to that line as much confidence as anybody could have in that situation, and he straight up drained all three of those free throws. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like it almost rattled out yeah, or exactly, it, it bounced on like, the rim. It, it was, was perfect. It was just flush. And that, <laughs> you know, big props to him for that. Yeah, and, and so talking about the Final Four, moving now on to the National Championship game, Virginia taking on Texas Tech. The over-under in this game was 120. So uh, for those of you listening yeah. that, don't, that don't understand what the over-under is, 120 points was what the, the better set on how many points were going to be scored in this game. 120, just kind of a baseline. So you could bet over saying they're going to score over 120 points in this game. Or you could bet under they're going to score less than 120 points in this game. The over-under was 120. If you would have asked me before this game started, if I had to bet money on this game... I'm taking the under. With the over or the under, (laughs) I would have hammered the under. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. These are two of the top defense... I believe the top two defensive teams in all of college basketball this year. Which proves, once again... Offense wins games, defense wins championships. Just want to throw that out. Wow, very Free nice. Free throws win championships. Defense wins championships, but yeah. <laughs> we Def- were, we defense were, allows for late game free throws. We were talking about the greatest comebacks before we came into the studio, and I don't know how we did, but we failed to mention this upset by 16 seed to come back and win a national championship oh, for yeah. the Virginia Cavaliers. It is. That's a huge comeback. That's, I Was mean, that, is that a comeback, though, or is that just an upset? How is it not a comeback? I mean, they were never losing. You were the first team ever in ter- NCAA ah, tournament so history to be upset by a 16-seeded team. Oh, the comeback And then for you Virginia. come back to the okay, next year okay. I thought you and about win UMBC. it all. Oh, no. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The UMBC beating Virginia is the greatest upset in the history of college basketball. I don't, think there, I don't think there's an argument there. No. A but, single game is the greatest upset ever. Yeah. One single game is the greatest upset in the history of college basketball. Yeah. In the history of sports, possibly. It could be. But, uh, yeah, Virginia in the last two seasons being a comeback, that's... I also think you could throw in... Here's a question. The, the Villanova beating Georgetown in 1985, that NCAA yeah. championship game, because nobody thought Villanova was going to win that game. Uh, the New York Giants beating the, the undefeated New England Patriots in 2008. Just, yeah. I mean, I don't know why this one sticks in my mind, but Ali Farouk Manesh and the Northern Iowa Panthers beating Kansas in the what Sweet Sixteen or round of thirty-two in round the, of thirty-two, round of thirty-two, and that, yeah. and that that just 
Bucknell Baffles also beating Kansas. Huh? What? <laughs> yeah. Here's a, here's a question, or, or UC though. Irvine beating Kansas State. Ah, well. See? 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 Yeah. That's tough. Two can play at that game. That's tough. See? I'm not uh, even a Kansas fan, but I just had to throw that one that's out fair. there. Yo, that's fair. Uh, here's a question, though. Do you guys think Virginia would have won this national championship if it hadn't have been for last season? I think I think that's a serious factor in drive. That is for absolutely, this team. absolutely, it's a huge factor, and possibly uh, uh, that is that plays a major role. But I think I think that was a major role in helping them get to the final. If four. they lose last year in the Sweet Sixteen, I mean, you're like, oh, we made it to the Sweet Sixteen. That's not terrible, right? You lose in the first round, most embarrassing loss of all time. Pretty much everyone returning. Yeah, but can you say that? After they went into the round of sixty four game or down a half to Gardner Webb, another sixty four or another sixteenth seeded team. I don't know if you can say that's the reason why they won this national championship if they were down at halftime to another sixteen seed. Hmm. Do you guys also If they would have blown them out of the water and made a statement throughout the tournament, then maybe. But I just don't I don't see them. Don't you think that also kind of helps the case of that of that 16 seed being a factor is because last year this so this year they're down at half but they're saying we're not going through what we have what happened last year i mean if they wouldn't happen last year then they would have been really worried said oh my we can't we can't lose to a 16 seed but since they're like we lost to a 16 seed we're not doing but it that, again but that's the thing is that that was one of the biggest quotes from tony bennett coming out of that locker room is that we were not mentioning that whatsoever that's true absolutely not even putting that in our guys minds that that's this true happen again and so I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't see it being the reason. There's also the no. I don't think it was the main reason. I think the, the the main reason was they were one of the top four teams in college basketball, and there's, I don't think there was any doubt of that. There's all year long. Yeah. There's also the notion being thrown around that this is like one of the luckiest teams in the tournament history to win it. And my thought is with that is like. Every team, in order to win even just one game in the NCAA tournament, is going to get some luck go their way. That's part of the tournament. Like, you're going to get a call in the first half that you're like, oh, man, I don't know. I was like, hey, good call. It's one of those where you're like, hey, good call, but yeah. that's that's not the right call. They that's luck. They weren't even the luckiest team in the NCAA tournament. Duke should have lasted to UCF in the second round. They should have never even made the Elite Eight. That's true. Taco Fall fouls out. R.J. Barrett doesn't get called for a push, gets an offensive rebound, gets a putback. They should have lost that game. If that Virginia Tech player is a little bit more aware of his surroundings, if he gets a better pass towards the rim, that's an easy alley-oop dunk because Zion Williamson had very little awareness on that play and just allowed that curl screen to go. And that's a that's a dunk, and they lose in the Sweet 16. Yeah, Duke should have never even been in but, that game against Michigan State. But they Vir- were more lucky than Virginia yeah. ever was. But Virginia with Purdue, that was, I mean, Ryan Klein missing the free throw, that's pretty lucky. And then against um, Auburn, the, the foul at the end, that's, I mean, it was the right call, but still pretty lucky that they got the call because sometimes you don't see those calls being made. And then against Texas Tech, Texas Tech just couldn't close it out at the end. Um, that one of the best defensive teams, and we haven't even talked, but you'll talk about it, one of the best defensive teams in the nation has a defensive lapse at the end of the game, resulting in a three by Virginia. So I, but my, that's just my thought on it. Is like every team is going to have some luck go their way. That's part of it. Like t- in order to advance, something right is going to happen for you to advance. Yeah, and what a what a tremendous NCAA championship game it was. Probably one of the best 
of, of all way, time. What probably the best we've had in, in recent memory over the last four or five seasons. What, possibly. with Kansas, maybe uh, maybe the Villanova I like, North Carolina. See, I the Villanova North that was Carolina one. The, the end of that beater. game made yeah. that so much better. Yeah. Marcus Page hits a huge shot, and yeah. then Villanova hits another huge one to win the game on the other end. Just uh, just remarkable. But other than that, that's probably the best one it we've definitely seen. Definitely exceeded expectations in a while. Absolutely. Uh, uh, this was the seventh national championship game in the history of the NCAA tournament to reach overtime. Virginia ends up getting the win in overtime, 85-77. Tremendous offensive performance from both teams, but DeAndre Hunter and Kyle Guy were huge for Virginia. Kyle Guy finished with 24 points on 8-15 shooting. DeAndre Hunter was the story of the game, however, for, for, for the Cavaliers. He didn't make a field goal for the first 18 and a half minutes of regulation, but hit eight field goals in the last six and a half minutes of play, including overtime. And, of course, like you mentioned, Austin, hit a game-tying three with 12 seconds left to put, send the game to overtime. He finished with a career-high 27 points and helped Virginia complete the biggest NCAA tournament turnaround that we've ever seen. From being the first one seed to lose to a 16 to being national champions. Absolutely remarkable. It was such a great game. It really was. Uh, I mean, we knew... I mean, this is another thing that's kind of been stirring in my mind. Is like A lot of people were not excited about the thought of this game because... There weren't any huge superstars in it, and it was just going to be a defensive battle. Um, but when we're talking about the FBI playing an impact and the one-and-dones and the recruiting problems going on, if you want if you, if that's, if you want all of that to be removed and you want to clean up the game of college basketball, these two teams are the two teams that represent this maybe – I mean, really well. They're two clean programs. For, I mean, from the outside, obviously, we don't. I mean, we don't know everything. But from the outside, these are two very well-respected coaches. Seem to do everything right. There's no problems going on off the court. And both game plans in this game were executed well. Um, and so, if you're one of those people that are like, oh, we need to clean up the game of basketball, this is your national championship, and what a treat it was! What a treat it was! Once again, Virginia, the Virginia Cavaliers are your 2019. What, are you your what do you mean? What are you shaking your head? How is that? How is that? How do I have any homer tie to that whatsoever? What a national championship it was with Texas Tech coming out of the yeah, beating Michigan State, like historic I said. Big Twelve conference of the intercollegiate right. college right. basketball. Oh my You're gosh! Right. Beating Michigan State, like I said, and did you guys say that Michigan State would win that game? Because I don't uh, think you did. I, I hey, said Michigan a, State was going to win the whole thing, but yeah, I was wrong. I think Tucker. I was wrong. Here's a question. Yeah. The one time, yeah. see, the, the one time I picked Michigan Dumb. State, Tucker. Way to go, man! That's you true. finally got me on the Michigan State train, <laughs> and they shot me in the foot. That's true. Never again. <laughs> Never again. Yeah, Dude, you, you pushed that mic away from yourself. <laughs> this man has pleaded the fifth. <laughs> Virginia 2019 NCAA Tournament Champions. Stay tuned. Coming up next, it's back, folks. No place like home. See you in a couple minutes. All right, we are back. Short break there. Um, I kind of screwed up our schedule uh, in this one today, boys. No place like home is going to be later in the show. We're going to do winners and losers first. Um, So... 
starting with a loser this week. It, so this week is going to be an all-sports edition. So now, now that college basketball is over, right, of course there's winners and losers, obviously. Um, so in that, but I want to do all sports because uh, there, there's one particular thing I really want to discuss today. So um, first loser this week is the, the Golden State Warriors. Last night uh, in Game 2 against the Clippers, um, and, and it was funny, all the, all the memes and things like that. There's just something about the, the numbers 3-1 and one <laughs> with, with the Warriors. Of course, they blew oh. the 3-1 lead to the Cavaliers in 2016, and now they had a 31-point lead last night against the Clippers and wound up losing the lead, losing the game 135-131. to 131. Kevin Durant had nine turnovers. Steph had four. Draymond had four. So those three combined had 17 turnovers. DeMarcus Cousins went down with what a lot of people assume is a torn left quad. A lot of uh, reporters are saying that the the Warriors are fearful that that's what it is. It's a torn left quad. So one thing is for sure, however, is the Warriors, even without Boogie, are still the best team in the NBA. There's no doubt about that, but this definitely makes things a lot more interesting in this series and throughout the playoffs. Patrick Beverly is in KD's head. He is all he is right in that dude's face. He is in his kitchen all game long. He has been the last two games. That's just kind of how Patrick Beverly is. So we'll see how the rest of this series this series plays out. My first winner is Virginia. I've got to go with. Virginia, it's I know it's obvious, but that's who I have to go with from being the first one to lose to a 16 to national champions, a remarkable turnaround for them in the NCAA tournament, and, and just kind of everything coming to fruition for Tony Bennett. He's done so many good things in that Virginia program, bringing them back to a level that we haven't seen at Virginia since the 80s with Ralph Sampson. So for Virginia to get back to that level and exceed that, actually winning their first national championship, Good for Virginia, good for Tony Bennett and his players. My second loser, and this is one, I'm not a huge this hockey is fan. This is a great But I absolutely love this. This was hilarious. all over my Twitter oh, feed man. last night and this morning. My biggest my biggest loser, my second loser, and my biggest loser, I don't the Warriors, yeah, the huge lead. It's the biggest lead blown in playoff history, but nobody on the Warriors got knocked out last night. <laughs> Andrea Svech, Svechnikov got slumped yesterday. Ovechkin. <laughs> 19 year old, 19 years old. This guy is a rookie in the NHL, right? It, it's game three, first round of the NHL playoffs. Tempers are running hot. Of all the people just pick on in the <laughs> NHL that you want to have a fight with, you pick Alex Ovechkin. That's not the guy I'm messing with. Abs- just insane. <laughs> and it's the, it's the first fight that, that uh, Ovechkin has had since December of 2010. <laughs> and it didn't take. It wasn't a very Three long punches. fight. Yeah, it wasn't Three a very punches. long fight. Uh, according to the according to reports, Svechnikov was the one that that kind of provoked Ovechkin, and they exchanged exchanged it kind words. Of like from and, the video, it looked like Ovechkin's like, "Are you serious? Really?" Like and he's like, "Like you're talking to me? Are you talking to me?" And then he like shoves him, and he's like, 
all right, you're going. <laughs> he just immediately throws off his gloves. He's like, all right, you're good night. Yeah. <laughs> He did. I mean, just three punches, oh, so and, and Svechnikov hits the ice. His head bounces off the ice, and and he he's missing. Good. Out he's going to miss game unconscious. four. Unconscious. <laughs> yeah, and he is definitely going to miss game four. Yeah, there, there is no doubt about it. Concussion protocol now. I mean, a nineteen-year-old kid out who grew up idolizing guys. Ovechkin. You are, of all the people, even on that Washington Capitals roster, all of those people that you could have been like, okay, I'm going to throw hands with somebody. It was his first NHL fight for a rookie. His first NHL fight, you decide, I'm going to fight the arguably the best player in hockey right now. I got to give the man props, though. <laughs> I mean, you you grow up idolizing <laughs> Alex Ovechkin. You do. I mean, it's like it's like the same thing in basketball. You get the you you grow up. You watch these long careers like by Kobe Jason and LeBron, Tatum, like Jason Tatum dunking on LeBron. Absolutely. I mean, just going up and Taking posterizing elbow, LeBron. I mean, that's like a once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah. This man got knocked out. That, he got knocked out. That is a high point in, in his life. Punches. That is a high point. Is he I gets mean, to yeah. tell his kids. I was knocked out a, by out. What? Uh, what? Yeah, I mean, what? is that something you're proud of? Though? How, how like, are you? Absolutely. Okay. Saying, the best hey, can't touch guy, my face. Hey, kids, that guy right there. Yeah, he knocked me out. What? Come on. That's way cooler if you're like, yeah, I fought Alex Ovechkin and knocked him out. Not yeah. I got knocked to the ground. Alex in three Ovechkin punches. in my rookie year in the NHL. My first fight was against Alex Ovechkin, and he gave me a severe concussion. On national television, <laughs> I with like it. A million, oh, or, I like with a million it. or more I mean, viewers. I don't, I don't know if I imagine like your idol. Respect. Imagine it. your idol. Okay, you getting not only the chance to meet your idol, but him just laying his fist into your face and just leaving a lasting impact on you the rest of your life. If LeBron is coming down the lane to dunk it, I'm stepping out of the way. I'm not. Yeah, that's a business decision. That is a straight-up business I'm not. I'm, I'm not, taking the charge. It's going I'm not going to tell my kids, hey, LeBron James dunked on me. It was sweet. It's like, ah, oh, no, I'm going to step out of the way. Yeah, that, that's for <laughs> sure. Good for this kid, man. And he's taking, Good for him he's for getting taking knocked out. How old are you? I'm 21. How old are you? 21. Yeah, this kid is two years younger than us, and he has he, the – <laughs> He's getting punched I've never by been Alex knocked Ovechkin. I've never been years. knocked out. I think I'm, all, I'm, I'm fine with not being knocked out. By Alex Ovechkin. But that's, that's hockey, great. man. I love it. I think it's great. Put on a good uh, show for those fans that paid for their seats, too. They won, too. They won 5-0. to zero. They did. Yeah. They destroyed the Capitals. Yeah. There you go. <sighs> that's what I like to see. <laughs> yeah, but he's <laughs> the only reason why people go to hockey games anymore is to see fights. I've heard that going to hockey games live is a lot better than oh, watching it's awesome. It on t- have you, it's awesome. It's the same concept It's the same concept as baseball. For me, I can't. Yeah, I, I, like I don't enjoy to, watching a baseball game other than the playoffs, like on TV. I, oh, just I love can't, going to baseball games. I can't live. enjoy it, but if I'm going to Kauffman Stadium, I, I enjoy watching that. Oh yeah. I, or Wrigley Field. If you've no. ever been to a game at Wrigley Field, fascinating. Have you? Yes. Yeah, tremendous there are, venue. There are three places that I want to go before I die. One is Fenway Park. Yep. Absolutely must see. I was going to go to Fenway Park this summer for my my little brother's senior trip, but. Uh, he changed his mind, and we're going to the beach now, so I don't get to go to Fenway. Oh, I'm a Red Sox fan, so I was really excited to go to Fenway. I was really excited to go to Fenway. The next one is Wrigley Field, which is absolutely a must. you got to go see the Ivy in the outfield. And, you know, it's funny because uh, not all you know baseball fans 
are really, you know, really eager to go to these places. But, you know, there are some non-baseball fans are like, I got to see this yeah, place. Yeah, true. This is historic. You know, you got to see it. What's number three? It's not a baseball field. I was thinking about this this morning. What are some of your guys's? What do you have to see before you die? Mm, what do We're going to take a little road road trip. Before I die, I have to see. Is this is this we ha- we're sticking strictly to sports Three here? Three places in sports. sports. Okay. Oh, okay. Have to, have sports. Okay. Mm. Uh, mm. Well, I would like to see a Dallas Cowboys. I've been to their stadium, but I'd like to see a game played in Jerry World. That's one. Mm. Jerry World. Two? Probably this. A Lakers game in the Staples Center. I think that would be sweet. Three? That's tough. Probably Fenway. Because I think I might be going to an Atlanta Braves game over this summer, which could be a lot of fun. But Fenway, yeah, I'll put that on the list. Yeah, um, definitely Fenway Park, um, both for, as a fan perspective. Oh, and, and I have to see a Masters tournament. Yeah, absolutely. That was that was going to be my second. Here's a question: Is watching golf on TV? I feel like watching golf on TV might be the one sport where it's better on TV. I disagree. I think it's perfect on both levels. But like, and I'm in person. Like, I feel like you're just sitting at one hole for a while, waiting for one guy to. It's tough. Have you ever? Because those are your two. Those are your two options. You either have to. Yeah, you either have to follow the crowd and follow one golfer throughout the entire course for those four days. Or you have to pick a hole and sit there and just watch that one hole, yeah, which is boring. I mean, the sixteenth green in the Masters tournament, you see, you have that hill that ro- rolls down to the west yep. side of the green. They put a pin on the bottom of that field or on the bottom of that hill on Sunday. You're more than likely going to see one, if not two or more hole in ones. Yeah, might be but one I of the like, most, in my opinion. Or, or sit, at, like, sit at twelve or fifteen yeah. and just watch guys see if they can get it over the water and onto the green. I feel like though, in on TV you can watch everybody play because they just go from guy to guy to guy. While you know, it's, where, just, it's the atmosphere of being there. They're like the Royals but, games. What's Kaufman like compared to watching it on TV? The atmospheres. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was going to be my second Fenway. My second was going to be was going to be the Masters. My third is is tough. TV and Garden. Yeah. I I, I would almost I, I would almost about the NBA. I would that's, almost that's put I, if I was going to do the NBA, I would put Madison Square Garden before TD Garden. I need to see. It's the most famous. Jesus it's die, it's arguably me. the most famous venue in all of sports. Yeah, I've been there. Madison Square Not Garden for a basketball game, but I've been there. Um. I don't really know what my what my third would be. That's hard. I would love to see a Notre Dame football game. On, are you serious? That Jesus. is honestly the first thing that popped into I my would head. Love to see or that. a game at the Big House in Michigan. J- yeah. Just, I mean, those are on. That was honestly the first thing that popped into my head. Other than Fenway, was to go see a game at Notre Dame. Yep. That is that's that's remarkable. Or a game at, at Cameron Indoor. You know, and this is coming out of the mouth of the man that says Rudy was a joke. No, I just make oh, I, I make the joke. I do. I make the joke. I say I say I say I say Rudy was offsides. Rudy was offsides. That's the joke I make. Yeah, it is. It's a great movie. I just like making that joke that Rudy, Rudy was offsides. <laughs> let's let's go back to Tiger. Ah, uh, yes. It's time. this. This was why I made it a winners and losers all sports edition. Because of this man. Because right of the man. 
because of Tiger Woods, because of what he did over the last four days of this previous week from Thursday to Sunday, this guy gave us arguably the greatest comeback in the history of sports. I mean, I just b- before we get into his performance just at the Masters this week, I have a list here of the injuries that this man has suffered since the Masters in 2008. It's a long list. Over the last 11 years. Number one, in April of 2008, this man had surgery to repair cartilage damage in his left knee. In May of 2008, he had two stress fractures of his left fibula on the month before the U.S. Open. He was told to be on crutches for three weeks and then on regular rest for three weeks, not to do anything, any sort of hard labor. He didn't listen. The next month, in June of 2008, this man goes and wins the U.S. Open. Eight days later, has surgery to repair a torn ACL. This man had a stress fracture of his left fibula in two places and a torn ACL and won the U.S. Open. I don't think he gets enough credit for that in and of itself. That's true. But that's remarkable. A lot of people forget about that. Yeah. And then in December of 2008, so about six months after that ACL surgery, he injured his left Achilles while rehabbing that torn ACL. In May of 2010, he has a bulging disc injury. In April of 2011, he injures that left Achilles again. In 2011... In May of 2011, so one month later, he has an MCL sprain and an Achilles, a left Achilles sprain. So again, he hurts that left Achilles. In March of 2012, he hurts his Achilles again for the fourth time. In August of 2012, he has a back injury. In June of 2013, a left elbow strain. In August of 2013, a back injury. And then two weeks later, in August of 2013, he has a neck injury and back spasms that I'm sure everybody, mm-hmm. uh, of course the three of us have seen the video, caused him to have that infamous video of him falling to his knees and grabbing his back while he's on the course, while he's playing on national television on the PGA Tour. And then in March of 2014, more spax spasms and lower back pain during three separate tournaments during the month of March in 2014. At the end of March in 2014, he had lower back surgery. September 2015, he has another back surgery. October 2015, so just one month later, (laughs) another back surgery. And then in April 2017, another back surgery. And then just last month in March of 2019, has a neck strain and has to withdraw from a tournament. All of these injuries are pretty crucial to the game of golf also. Your back? That's – I mean everyone says, oh, well, you don't have to be that athletic to play golf. You 100% need your knees and your back to be able to play the game of golf. And people don't – I don't think people understand the amount of torque and power that that you have to put through your knees, your back, your hips – your ankles, all that Especially stuff. Especially the way that Tiger plays. He's power. always pride. He's always had pride in himself on being able to drive, out drive everyone. Yeah, else. drive it longer than anybody else yeah. in the sport. So, uh, and just from, uh, on, of course, all these injuries on top of the tabloids and the off the off the the green off the course sort of incidents that we've that we've come the to DUI, know the all the prescription pills that he was on the the, the divorce the the some affair people, situation all that sort of stuff forget, like <clears throat> all those pills and everything that he was having to take so he could walk like so he could like actually function like we're just hurting him like mentally like this guy couldn't even hardly chip a golf ball let alone drive one because he just 
he wasn't in it. So because he was on so many different types of medications and everything else so that he could actually drive a golf ball or even move around a golf course. And I mean, it's just remarkable that after he had that that that, that final back surgery, that fourth back surgery in 2017, anytime he was he was interviewed by reporters, he said, I, I don't I'm not sure I'll ever golf again. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he wasn't even just talking he said, about he said, I'm done. Yeah, he, he wasn't even just said, talking about – he's like, I don't know if I'll golf professionally. He didn't know if he would ever golf in general again, just a casual 9 or 18 hole. He didn't know if his back could take that. But he got it back onto the course. He started hitting a little bit, putting and chipping, and it felt fine. He started driving, and he said mm-hmm. his back felt great, and he got right back into the sport. And all these injuries, all these things, he hadn't won a Masters in 13 years. And he becomes the top – I mean, he wins the top tournament in the sport the from only, all the way at the bottom. The only other comeback, and another one popped into my mind, <laughs> that I can see even leveling out the playing field. Because when I mentioned earlier the 28-3 comeback for the, the Patriots in that Super Bowl, um, but the the other one that comes to mind is the Ryan Chazier injury. If he can come back from this neck injury, and he was paralyzed, he was paralyzed at one point, wasn't he? And yes. so you you come back from a you know a paralysis to play in you know one of the United States' most contact heavy sports. Yeah, that would be insane. And just to put this into you know to relativity with the paralysis, Tiger coming back. And going through as many surgeries and back injuries and neck injuries as he did to come back and win at Augusta. One of the most well-known, prestigious golf courses anybody can ever play at. And when I say anybody, it's not open to everybody. No. it's You have to be a Masters champion to play there, invited by the Masters chairman. Or, and a lot of controversy was surrounded by um, the U.S. Women's Amateur Championship being played there two weeks prior to the Masters Championship mm-hmm. because they weren't sure if they could have, one, the course ready and pristine enough for you know the Masters Tournament two weeks later. But two, they weren't sure if they should allow these females to play, uh, you know, some of the best female golfers in the world to come play at this course because it wasn't going to be, you know, it wasn't going to be in pristine condition for the Masters Tournament. So just to put it into perspective for people, you know, Tiger coming back and winning, you know, let alone winning the 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 Masters Tournament is absolutely mind-boggling and insane. It is just ridiculous. Kudos kudos to Tiger and his family for that. That's ridiculous. And what's what's also kind of impressive about this is that it, this wasn't some like fluke Masters either where like some guy just kind of comes out of nowhere. Six out of the top ten best golfers in the world finished in the top ten in this tournament. Yeah, 13 golfers like, finished ten under or better. Like, he beat the best. It wasn't some like, oh, well, he just was came out of nowhere and was playing against nobody. No, he beat the best golfers in the world yeah, and, over the weekend. And, and I knew this was a great Masters tournament and one of the better in recent memory, but I didn't realize just how how tremendous his performance was. Um Skip Bayless, of course, uh, I was listening to him yesterday, and I'm not the biggest Skip Bayless fan on earth, but when it comes to golf, I'm going to listen to Skip Bayless because this is a guy that covered professional golf and covered the Masters for 25 years. Man, I didn't know that, actually. And 
he says this is the this is the best Masters that he's seen performances from from all golfers throughout the tournament that he's seen in his 25 years covering the Masters. And Scott Van Pelt said he was like, "This may be the loudest I've ever heard Augusta National in my entire life of of covering it." And what was really Pretty amazing to see, especially on Sunday, because Thursday and Friday, you could tell he's like, oh, I'm out here having a good time. I'm Tiger Woods. I have a good crowd. But then when, after, especially after Saturday, all day Sunday, that man did not speak to anybody. He was locked in. He did not. I don't think he smiled once the entire time until he sinked the final putt on the 18th. That man was locked in. And what happened? Molinari choked. Kepka choked. Because they were, they saw on the scoreboard, oh, Tiger Woods is still right there. Especially for Brooks Kepka, he's like, he would see, oh, Tiger Woods is still right there. And the crowds, you could tell, especially in the back nine, getting a little more, a little more antsy. And then on the twelfth, that pretty much was like Tiger's going to win this thing when Molinari hit that in the water because they, the, the way that the flag was set up was so such a hard shot. And they were like, you know what? I'm going to be aggressive. I'm going to try to hit it at the flag. Splash. Tiger said, I don't even know there's a flag there. I'm just going to play it safe, take my par, and go on. Because he saw that Kepka hit it it in the water. Poulter hit it in the water. Uh, Molinari hit it in the water. He's like, I'm just going to take it over the bunker and then sink it for par. And that's, Unbelievable. That's what's so great about Tiger is because then you can go in to talk about how Tiger – and, you know, golf is very hard to say who the greatest of all time is because Tiger is dang well up there. It's Tiger. I don't know. I, I That's a long conversation for another day. I still think the Golden Bear Jack Nicholas is probably it's number Tiger. one. Anyway. That's a debate. Though. Anyway, um, what I want to make a comment on yours is that you said Molinari, Poulter, Brooks Kepka. All of these players that have been so successful in this time that Tiger was, you know, it's, off the off the grid. Oh yeah, absolute monsters. But he golf is so hard because the 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 hardest part to regulate in golf is not the club to take, not the shot to play, but the seven inches between your ears. Oh and yeah. And he said in a post post match interview, he's like. I just had Jack in my head the entire time telling me just to fly it over the middle of the bunker and let my putter go to work. Because if he's short on that shot, it lands in the bunker. That's fine. I can chip that out and still save it for par. Put it, put, hit that 150-yard shot right over the middle of the bunker in the middle of green. You got two putts at par, and that's going to be better than the rest of the group I'm playing with. Because they're all trying to play aggressive and say, oh, well, I'm going to try to hit it to flag and get birdie. And it's something like, – Nope. In, in I'll get my birdies on the next few holes. And something I want to say, too, is that it's so, so, so cool to see players like Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas and Brooks Kepka and f- even even Philly Mick, who, you know, him and Tiger go back. <laughs> Ricky Fowler Rick, and they're, they're all Dustin Johnson. Rory McIlroy. It's so great for the game of golf to have Tiger back. It yeah. is. To it's, have Tiger come back and win Masters and win Masters over themselves because – the game of golf just spikes when people are watching Tiger on TV. Is he the biggest draw in all of sports? I, I, think would, I would say he is more. Because I don't know. I mean, I probably would have watched some of the Masters. But I sat down and watched all four rounds, all 
all of the holes because Tiger was in it. So yeah. I watched every second of it. I was, if Tiger wasn't in it, I probably would have watched Sunday and that's it. I was in a hospital for three days. My, my sister-in-law w- w- had, her, had a baby this weekend. I was in the hospital room for three days watching the Masters on my phone. Finally on Sunday, uh, my girlfriend's dad finally said, hey – Bobby, turn the TV on so we can watch the Masters so Logan can watch the Masters in in the hospital room. I, it's a power move. I, that wouldn't be the case. I would still watch the Masters, but I wouldn't be as captivated if it wasn't for Tiger. And, and I've, I've seen quotes all over the place, and this was the first thing that popped into my head watching on Sunday and, and watching these things happen. Two things. First thing was it was remarkable to me to see that even when Tiger wasn't in the lead, you could see it. You could see Kepka. You could see it uh, with um, Molinari. That Tiger wasn't e- even in the lead, but those guys were chasing Tiger. Yeah. Those guys were chasing Tiger. Tiger wasn't chasing them, even though Molinari was the one in the lead. Molinari was the one having to take risks because he felt like he was chasing Tiger. And that was a remarkable thing for me. You don't see that a lot. A- and the other thing to me is I- I've I've come to realize that the game of golf needs Tiger Woods more than Tiger Woods needs the game of golf. I, I think that, that that is a very true statement, and I think Sunday at the Masters proved that. Like, what do you mean? Like, I just Tiger Woods doesn't need the game of golf anymore. That's true. But the game of golf needed Tiger Woods this weekend. And I, it proved once again that the game of golf is exponentially more popular and exponentially more fun to watch, both in person and and on TV whenever Tiger oh, yeah. Woods is playing and playing at the level that we've seen him play in years past. I got to say one more thing before we move on and we go to break here on Tuesday Takeover. Um, one of my good friends, uh, his name is Garrett O'Reilly, and we go and play out Mazingo all the time together. Um, he said before this tournament starts, big Mizzou fan, by the way, before this tournament starts, he goes, Tiger wins, I'm getting a Tiger tattoo. And, you know, and, th- and that's huge because he obviously tattoos are, you know, no matter, no matter how good a laser <laughs> removal is, tattoos are going to be on your, on your body. Anyway, so this man, it goes through Thursday round, Friday round, Saturday round. He's like, oh, my God, this could actually happen. <laughs> so he's starting to look oh, for tattoos. And he came up with this sick idea, this Masters logo. It's got TW up in the, the north, uh, east, or northwest area of the United States. And it's got a tick mark for every single time Tiger has won the Masters. So he's got five tick marks. That's cool. And he goes, dude, I got to make it big enough. I think he can win <laughs> three more. Do you- he's like, it's only going to be big enough for him three more. Do I need to go bigger? I mean, that's just so cool. Tiger is back. Tiger is back in the PJ Tour. He's not just this you know, doormat that he has been for the last five years. It's so awesome to have the man back in action. Do you think he passes 18? Oh, you can answer so too. Do you think he passes Jack? I don't think so. Because he said it when he was He's what, at 15, five years old. He was right like, now. I want to pass Jack. I, I, He's I at 15 right now. I Only needs four more. I think he could. I, I think he could tie it. I think he'll end up with 17 or 18. I don't know if they'll pass him. That's all going to depend on, and that's so hard because that's all. It's a what if. It's going to depend on his health. If he ends up with seventeen, or if he ends up tying Jack. Well, here's the here's the thing. He's the greatest of all. I think he's the greatest of all time right now. I think if he ends up with one less than Jack, or ends up tying Jack, he's the greatest of all time. There's no doubt. 
The thing is, is that you are eligible for the Champions Tour at 50 years old. Tiger's 42. 43. 43. Tiger needs to win if he's going to do it. Jack is 79 years old. He needs to do it while Jack's alive. If Jack passes away and Tiger takes that throne from him after, you know, when there's no, there's nothing that Jack can do about it at that point in time, <laughs> man, wouldn't that be awesome? Because Jack does not want to see that record pass. He does. He doesn't well, he, want to see it. I pass. don't know. I don't. I'm not sure if he does or not. If you had 18 and no one else is who gets to, to say that? who gets to say Tiger Woods broke my golf record? Broke. I was the all-time leader for. Five yeah, but if, decades. But if Tiger doesn't break <laughs> it, then he gets to say, then he gets to die knowing that he holds the record. Oh, man, that's true. Either I way, either way, I think it's tremendous. I don't and know. I, I think it's great for I the just game go of back, golf. I go back to the comment that you know, totally different sport. When George Brett sent out a shout out to Whit Merrifield after he broke George Brett's, you know, what was hit it, streak. hit streak record at thirty. Um. If Jack would do that for Tiger, it'd be sweet. That would be insane. I <laughs> probably, I probably have hot tears streaming be, down my face. Were at that tears point. shed on Sunday for many? Oh, absolutely, really. As he when he put that oh, last yeah. that last little putt that two putt he had on the 18th green, he did that. You know, Tiger roared at the end. I was like, what almost got me, and this was one thing I I, I want to talk about. I ha- we have to talk about. Oh, absolutely. He wins his first Masters. 22 years ago. twenty Was it 97? 97. And, and after he gets done, he, he celebrates, he does everything, embraces his caddy and the other players playing in the pairing with him. And then he runs into his father's arms in 1997. 22 years later, he wins the Masters. He celebrates. He embraces his caddy. He celebrates, right? He, he embraces the, the other p- notable players in his pairing. And then he embraces his son. That, that that to me almost got Full me. circle. That almost got me. For, almost from got from me. being that, that, the that son, guy, that ninety seven Masters was the last tournament his dad ever saw him win. Yeah, from from being the son Same, embracing, man. from Why being a you? son embracing <laughs> his father to being a father embracing his son in the same tournament in that same sort of fashion, winning your fifth Masters. That was the first Masters that his. That's the first Masters his son has gotten to witness. That's the first golf tournament that he's seen his dad win. Yeah. The last golf tournament that Tiger's dad saw him win, 22 years later, is the first st- golf tournament that his son saw his dad win. That's crazy. insane. That's crazy. You can't, you can't make that up. Make this up. <laughs> that's, that's why it's like one of those moments like I will remember 20 years down the road. I watched that. I watched him win this tournament. It's like I watched him win this Masters in 2019. I remember where I watched it. I I was I witnessed it live. I thought it was cool that his mom was there too. I agree. That was fantastic. It was it was a remarkable, a remarkable ending to a, a great comeback story. And and the thing was, we were talking about that back nine that Justin Johnson had, and he almost pulled it off on Sunday. But he said in his post game interview, you know, I heard the roars for me, but three holes behind me, I heard the roars for Tiger. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yep. And I will never be able to match that. I mean, that's, what? That's amazing. That's, that's amazing. insane. That is. Oh, my Lord. All right. We got to move on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> certainly do. A great week of winners and losers this week. 
Stay tuned. We're going to find out some more winners and losers. It's No Place Home coming up next here on Tuesday Takeover on KZLX. All right, just finished our winners and losers segment for this past week. A great conversation about Tiger Woods, his comeback in the game of golf, along with some other notables. Now we're going to decide some more winners and losers right now. No Place Like Home, we're back into it. It's been a long time, I feel like, since we played No Place Like Home, boys. It has, but... We've caught dubs in the last couple times, so... Tucker's I'm caught s- dubs with minimal help from Austin, now, but, see, I mean... Is that fair, though? Is that a fair assessment? Absolutely. 100% fair assessment. I feel like I've, I've done enough. I've, I've come up... Okay, so, so we split up five and five. I've come up some, with some good Yeah, names. you have. But like I said, when we were off air here just a little bit ago... Tucker and I typically get right around the same amount more. Maybe I get one more than him, he gets one more th- one more than me, and then you chip in one or two to help you guys win by one. I'm the difference maker. And I'm maker. like, are you kidding? I'm the difference maker. You're Yeah, the <laughs> difference maker, quote unquote. <laughs> it's tough. All right, well, you guys are, you've won two in a row now. So, this so we're is doing our, NBA playoff basketball. Yes, this is, this. we are doing NBA, we are doing players that are in the playoffs right now, playoff teams. So that include like Hall of Fame players from current teams that are in the playoffs. So you want me to start, you guys want to start, it's up to you, you're the runners. You, uh, you won last week, so. We'll start, we'll go with a current first. Um, a star of recent uh, being that we have already mentioned today, Patrick Beverly for the Clippers. Patrick Beverly. Um, He's gotten in the head of Kevin Durant recently. He has. Uh, for some reason, something's coming to my head that it, his school ends in state. It does not. It doesn't? Oh, I'm I'm in a bad way now. <laughs> uh, oof. There is a state in this state, though, if that helps you at all. There's a state in uh, what? There is two like Iowa, see, Iowa State. There's there, a state there's a university state in, in that state. Yes, there's a state university in every state. That's false, my guy. Is it Iowa State, Missouri State, Kansas State, Oklahoma State? Is there a Nebraska Illinois State? state? No, there there's Nebraska? not a Nebraska State. There's one. Nebraska doesn't need a state. Nebraska's already got everything. So, oh my goodness. I see what you're saying, though. Is this a Midwest school? I don't think there's any Virginia State either, is there? No. Virginia Tech. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's a Virginia What'd you State. say? I'm sorry. Is this is a Southern Mid- school? I mean... Is it Midwest, I said. A Midwest yes. is what I said. Sure. Yeah, sure. I would say sure. Um, Akron. Woo Pig Suey, my guy. He went to Arkansas. He went to Arkansas? Yeah. He is. Oh, Wow. He's a pig. Okay. All right. I got that one wrong. (laughs) I got that one wrong. Not good. Um, My first one, um, Michael Carter-Williams. Is that east or west? East. Okay. Coast? Southeast? No. Northeast? You just asked if it was southeast, and I said no. Well, I mean, it could be like. Like I'm not. East. I'm literally not going to narrow it down to a region for you. I feel like you should. I asked Midwest. That narrows it down to a wi- region. Midwest is a region. East is a region. Uh, Midwest, West, Midwest, East. east Those be, are three east regions. Could be literally northeast in, in, okay. is a su- east of the Mississippi. Northeast is a subregion. A region, East, Midwest, that's West. Fair. I'm okay, not going down to a subregion. That's that is fair. too easy. 
Okay, that's fair. Is it a Power 5 school? Yes. It is a Power 5 school? Mmm. Do you have any guesses, Tuck? I just feel like if we said we said East, it's got to be at least Big East or ACC. Yeah. Is it it's like a Georgetown maybe? Or is like cuz I feel like it could be a Big But Big East isn't really Power 5 though. No. But they are I feel like they are basketball. I feel like though if we consider Pac-12 he, I feel like he would have said like he would have said Power 7 because that's what Big East. So I would say it's not Syracuse. Is it Syracuse? It might be Syracuse. It's possible it's Syracuse. I really think it might be Syracuse. I don't want to be no, – I mean, just, just, do you think that's right? It, it's a good guess for me. Is it Syracuse? Yes. All right. Well, we'll go, wow. We'll start off the 1-0. and Wow. Look at the MVP I'm of this really game kinda, right here. I'm really kind of like embarrassed <laughs> that it took you that long to get Michael Carter-Williams. Why? He's He got drafted in 2015. He hasn't even been in the league that long. That's fair. My advisor, Kyle J. Miller, is leaving on short notice. I'm not supposed to really, you know. You just put this over the just, over the yeah. airwaves. I'm just kind of worried about that here by now before. You'll be you got to get your head right, bro. <laughs> I can't be carrying the team here. That You'll ain't going to go well at all. We're already up one nothing on your account. We'll be fine. Ah. All right. You're next, though, because we got another current after this. No, oh, you can pick, a, pick an all-time. All right, <clears throat> Logan. This better be easy for you, but okay. it's it's an all time player from the uh, from the playoff uh, two thousand nineteen playoffs. We're going to go with uh, old Pistol Pete Maravich, LSU. That That's was correct. too still, easy. Still owns the NCAA record for points per game in a season without yeah. a three point line. Yeah, unbelievable. Along with averaging almost, I, I believe he was averaging double figures in assists also. Probably. While breaking the NCAA scoring record. All right, so. Europe. One for two. With an all-timer. Steve Francis. Mmm, that's a tough. I feel like it's not a Power 5 school. Or is it? It is. It is a Power 5? He started off at, 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 he transferred several times. He went to three separate colleges during his during his playing career. So can we name any of those three? You're only going to get one of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a power five. Though. I feel like I feel like that this one shouldn't be hard. He started off at San Jacinto and then went to Allegheny College. Yeah. Before this school, so you been, would not have got the other I've two. I've never even heard of either of those. <laughs> He's definitely a big tenor, isn't he? Yes. I mean that's. Is it, I have a guess in mind, but I'm not. You know, I'm is not, it Illinois? I'm not, it's not Illinois, is it? No, I wouldn't think it's. I don't think it's anybody. Indiana out, out west. I think it's more Big Ten East. Okay. Like Maryland, maybe Maryland or Rutgers or Penn State. No, it can't be Penn State. Don't don't don't, <laughs> don't, don't, pick, don't pick Penn State. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good with Maryland. Maryland or, uh, Maryland or Rutgers. I mean. That's that's your call. You got Syracuse right in the first time. Uh, let's go with Maryland. It's Maryland. Yeah, All right. Let's go. Yep. I knew mine were going to be easy. I should have done these this morning. I waited until, like, <laughs> during the show, during uh, breaks, to, to put my list together. So I knew this was going to be a rough one. Our next current player 
who plays for the Brooklyn Nets, Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, I should know that. I really should. Um, did he play at a Power 5 school? Um, okay, so this is... It used to be a Power 5. I don't know. Yeah, it used, it used to, to be a Power 5 school. Used to be a Power 5 school? Yeah. Is it Midwest? Yes. Well, uh, you're, you're it's throwing, West. You're throwing them off with this used to be Power 5 nonsense. Used to be Power 5. Oh, really not. That's it. They used to be a Power 5. Iffy, iffy Midwest West. Oh, it's Colorado. It is Colorado. It's Colorado. Oh, my goodness. That's Colorado. Way that was, too long. That was way too big of a hint. I that took it to way too Oh, my goodness. What do you mean? I'm that a, was a, I was, used to be a Power 5. Okay. Used to be in the Big 12. Okay. The, the, the Pac 12 is still a Power 5. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Tucker, oh, you're no, right. No, but what really got me was the – I said Midwest, and you're like, eh, West. And then you said used to be, so I thought conference change. Yeah. And then I was like, wait, Colorado. Yeah. Spencer then when he went to Colorado. That, yep. that really frustrated uh, we, me that, that I didn't know that many, one sooner. That The hints gave that to him. All right. Um, third player, current NBA player, Norman Powell. I don't even know what NBA team he plays for. The Raptors. Huh. Non-Power 5? I'm guessing. Nope. <laughs> so it is a Power 5. Gosh. Yep. Wow. Do you, do you know, Tuck? Norman is, Powell, is that who he said? Yeah. Yes. Is God, it, he comes from a California school. So is it West? Is it West? Yeah, it's West. Okay. It's definitely California school. Is it California? Or is it UCLA? It's, it's, uh, USC, maybe? No, it's too Stanford? new. It's too new to be USC. So is it UCLA? It's I not don't Stanford, think it was Stanford, is it? No, I don't think it was Stanford either. Ah. I go... I go... I go... UCLA is the easy pick because it's a bigger basketball school, but then again, I don't know. I I might say UCLA. It's UCLA. Wow. Wow. We are off to a hot start right now. We're just narrowing it down. Uh, (laughs) All right. My turn. (laughs) Here we go. I really thought that was going to be more difficult. I really thought that was going to get you, but I guess not. We got... Nuggets faithful, Adrian Dantley. Wow, that's that's a good one. Adrian Dantley, that's a good one. I don't know who that is. Should I know who that is? I feel like Nuggets I probably, No, you wouldn't know who he, that is. He, was, he, led, he led the NBA in scoring a couple times he when he was with the Nuggets before he got traded to the Pistons. Yep. And then nearly drove the Pistons into the ground with his ego. Oh, Adrian Dantley. Is that an, did he go to an East Coast school? No. Oh, God. Did he go to a Power 5 school at least? No. I am big time screwed. (laughs) Mm. It's tough. It is tough. I don't know if I'd have got this one if I didn't see it, but I I definitely recognized, obviously, who Dantley is. I know who Adrian Dantley is. Mm -hmm. I can't. Oh, my. 
I don't, I'm going to go with like the University of Portland. He was a member of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Huh. Wow. Yeah. Like the last notable NBA yeah. player that Notre Dame's ever had. Okay. It's kind of nice. That's incredible. I didn't, is. didn't know that. I know who Adrian Dantley is, and I know he's got he's got some, some – I mean, he was a great NBA player, but I – that would not have – that did not click in my head. Um, okay, so my fourth player, Damon Stoudemire. I <laughs> Hey, uh, according to the article I read, he's the third greatest Toronto Raptors player of all time. Ahead of Tracy McGrady, just just so you know. Was Tracy McGrady really healthy when he was in Toronto? He was, he was good with Toronto, but he kind of played second fiddle to Vince Carter and was unhealthy and His then went career, to, went to Houston. was in Houston. Yeah, it went to Houston oh, and blew yeah. up. So, I'm not sure, man. We, we can take a couple stabs <laughs> off a couple guesses if you want. Uh, is it Power 5? Yes. Okay. Is it east or west? West. Okay. I'm either thinking – I'm thinking Pac-12. Well, yeah. Somehow. Yeah. But I'm thinking it's either polarized north or polarized south. We're not going – What about a UNLV? Is it UNLV, like a UNLV maybe? Arizona State or like up in Washington, I know. That's kind of what Oregon I'm thinking. Like, State or something like ah, that. It's not – I feel like it's not a California – in other words, it's not a California school. It could be like a Arizona. I feel like it could be like an Arizona State for some reason. You want to try Arizona State? I mean, we've been lucky so far. Is that go what? You- go ahead, man. Arizona State. Arizona. Oh no, it's not. That's a lie. Wow, that would have been hype. Oh, that, uh, that was a big one. Needed that. Man. Needed that one. <laughs> so that, that, You're trying to make a comeback. So now it's. I've gotten two out of four. You guys have gotten three out of four. Correct. So, okay. Uh, so player number five, we're going back current, Brooke Lopez for the Milwaukee Stanford. Bucks. That was quick. Both the Lopez twins went to Stanford. That was quick. They were good. Stanford was good. Nice. The, the Lopez twins. The Twin Towers is what they were called really? at Stanford. Yeah. And they were good, too. Both of them started seven were footers. They good? Played 30-plus <laughs> minutes a game. Was that too easy? Robin was – was that too easy of one? Brooke it was like Tucker and I, the Rick. Brooke was Brooke was always the more kind of the more the more talented one, and that's kind of gone to fruition even more in his his NBA career also. So, well, congrats on number three. All right, Dejounte Murray, mm. member of the Spurs, didn't really play, has had kind of got hurt and hasn't really played this season playoff wise, but he was there. Is I mean, a, he's a huge player for their team when he's healthy. Is it a power five? Uh, yes. Okay. I feel like it's south. Is it south? No. Is it like an S? No, no S. So A C C S E C. Is it like what do you think? Is it like a Virginia Tech maybe? Dejounte Murray. What did you ask him? If it was in the South. And he said... No. And it is a Power Five. He's been rolling with this Pac-12 stuff. He has. Is it West? Is it a school in the West? 
Pac. How have I been rolling with Pac? UCLA, 12? Arizona. Oh, I guess I have. That's, yeah. yeah, it is back to back. But I went. I mean, I went Syracuse, Maryland, who were ACC schools at the time. Like I'm thinking it's a Pac-12 school. It's on the West Coast. Yeah, it is. Okay. <laughs> or it is. I shouldn't say it's on the West Coast. It's a West. It's on the West side of the of the United States. Hmm. So that narrows it down a little bit. I'm not. I'm not saying it's not on the coast, but I'm not going to say it's not on the coast. Yeah, that made no sense. I've got <laughs> that you. Made I, yeah, no sense. got no, you flustered no, now. Real puzzle. It no. could. It could be on the coast. It could not be on the coast. You don't know. It's on the western side of the United States. He played one year at the school from Colorado over. It's that way. He played one year at this school. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty sure I know who it is, but we'll just make sure that he played one year at this school before I say yes uh, or no. Let me check. Fact check it. <laughs> no, he played. I think he played two years. Two years? Are you positive? No, I lied. He played one. Yeah, he did. And where's the school he played at? I'm pretty sure he played at Washington. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yep. Well done. One year. He was a one and done. Might be the last one and done Washington has seen. Really? Markel Fultz, number oh, one overall come pick. Come on, man. Good one. You're right. You're right. <laughs> there have been wow. two in the last two decades. That's tough, dude. How many one and dones does Iowa have? None. Dude, why do you that's even tough. ask a stupid question like None. that? None. I mean, that's tough. Haven't had a one. You hate to see it. Ricky Davis was at got, Iowa for guess two he years. He's the round of 32 in this year's tournament, bud. That's a good point. It's <laughs> a good point. Okay. All right. What's my what next our one? our conference. So, well, yeah, that's so. fine. You went down to 13 Made it to the Elite Eight last Irvine year. Irvine and Eaters. Ah. The Ant Eaters. <laughs> Made it to the Elite Eight last year. Yeah. Did you guys make it in any tournament last year? Present, I don't think you did. I don't think you oh, did. man. Quit looking at the past, Cowboys oh, fan. Man. See, I knew you were going <laughs> to say that. Gosh, I knew it was coming. <laughs> I set myself up for it and just you got smacked. Yep. That's tough. Big dinger right there. <laughs> Crushed it. Okay, what's my next one? Over the we got another nugget in Alex English. Alex English went to Missouri. No, he did not. His son did. Kim Gosh, English went to Missouri. <laughs> wow, right out of the gate. Brutal. <laughs> he was so confident. Yes, he went to Missouri. That's he tough. He was so confident. Kim English, speaking of that, just took a job under... Uh, Didn't he take a job at Tennessee? Tennessee. Hmm. Under under uh, uh, the Nevada head coach. Yeah, what's his name? So I'm trying to I'm trying to think of this real quick. At Tennessee. Yeah, Nevada's head coach went to Tennessee, took the Tennessee job, and I'm drawing a blank on his name. I'm gonna be. It, it's a. It's kind of strange last I name. I don't know. Do you have any ideas where Alex English went to school? I mean, should he already be wrong? Because he's oh, Rick, be wrong. Rick Barnes. Yeah. No. I yeah. The, the Nevada coach didn't take the Tennessee job. What am I talking about? I don't know. Wow. Baffling myself. Coming to his senses Oof. of not knowing what he's talking about. <laughs> Alex he finally realized it. I don't know why Missouri was the first name popped into my head, but I should have known he didn't go to Mizzou. Um, mm-hmm. Is it a Power Five? Yeah. It is. It's got to be a good Power Five. In certain sports, sure. In certain sport, but not basketball. No. Then how? Why didn't Alex go, or Kim, or yeah, Kim? Why didn't Kim go to school there? Okay. 
It's a power five. I mean, Kim went to Mizzou. I mean, they got knocked out of the tournament senior year by Norfolk State. It can't. It can't be another school. It's not another Big Twelve school, is it? It's not a Big Twelve school. It is not. I'm gonna. Why SEC is popping into my head? Okay, I can roll with that. Okay. Well done. You're on the right track. (laughs) Florida. He was a gamecock at the University of South Carolina. Huh. Okay. That's where he's from. What other sport are they good at? I mean, they were good at football for a little while. Were they? Yeah. I mean, Steve Spurrier had him had him places. Yeah. Okay. I think they're I mean, good. Maybe. Good. At, they have a good rowing team. Too. <laughs> <laughs> baseball. Team. Yeah. <laughs> Baseball's pretty good. Baseball. Okay. Yeah. 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 They're pretty All good. Right, they're yep. per, they're that's pretty good. Very good. Very yeah, good at baseball. That's a good one. All right. Hall of Famer, Spurs legend, George Gervin, the Iceman. Ooh. Popularized the finger roll. Yeah. George Gervin. One of my dad's all time favorites. Really? Is it Power Five? No. That was a big no. That's a big no. A uh, big no. Well, that doesn't help me out much. <laughs> uh. I'll let you take this one all by yourself. Why? Why me? Because. How? I have no idea. I don't have the slightest. I mean, if I were to guess, I would maybe say like something like, wow. I don't even know, dude. Is it like a directional school? It is. It is a directional school? (laughs) See. I'm not going to take the point for this one. I want him to. Probably, you know it. I well, I have an idea. Why don't you help? Why don't you help me out? Because come on, man, let's go. Ah, what are you talking about? Oh, I'm. Uh, I. I don't know if I like. I have no idea. I, I literally have northeast what like Illinois. <laughs> come North, on, man. How I don't know. Eastern Michigan. Did you know that? He knew what? it. No, he knew it because he definitely looked it up on his computer just then. But yeah, my computer's been at that. Yeah, part. you can <laughs> close a tab, dog. <laughs> my two tabs I have open. You I can didn't even cl- guess. I didn't even guess that time either. I, know, I whispered you, it. You I whispered it because out you, of the mic because you looked it up and you didn't want to say it out loud. I know your games. I'm not buying. How did you? Sell why don't you there. help out I'm your just teammate? Kidding. We're on a team. Whether you knew it or not, you didn't guess. We're up by too much, man. I don't think Gotta we're up by that break. much. You've you're up, up by two. four to two. Yeah. Four to three. Actually. Four to three. No. Yeah, because you got you Brooke really... Lopez, Dinwiddie, and Pistol and Pete. Pistol Pete, yeah. You're right. Four to three. If we oh. lose this game, I'm gonna freak out. Alright, what's the next one? Uh all right, yeah, we're going back to current. So I have I'm three out of six. You guys easy. have four out of six? Yep. Okay. I'm afraid this might be too easy. Uh Fred Van Vliet. Wichita State. I knew it. That's I just, way too easy. I mean, I don't know, though. That's, so, like, that's so recent. That's so recent in the head. That's easy. That's All right. true. You got a tie game now. That's, that's good. But you guys can say what you want. You may think that this is weird. He is the Nuggets' second leading scorer, Will Barton. <laughs> um. Hmm. Second leading scorer, but not one of their like 
top five most notable players on it that really roster. It really baffles me that Carmelo Anthony is not higher on that list. How on the list Allen of what? Nuggets there? top scorers. No, 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 no. He's second on the team this year in scoring. Oh, this year. Oh, yeah. I, I was going to say, because I saw one, two, and three. Nikola Jokic averaged like 25 and 14, and then Will Barton averaged 15 a game. Mm. Yeah, not, not all time, no. How long has he been in the league? Will Barton? Yeah. Probably five or six years at this point. He's probably 27. Mm. Is it power five? No. Well, that doesn't help me out at all. <laughs> He's 28. He got drafted in 2012. He was a five-star coming out of high school. That's crazy. I didn't I didn't that didn't even That's that baffles me, honestly. Um five-star coming out of high school and he did not go to a Power 5 conference. That's Wow. That's kind of crazy. It is crazy. So it must mean that he like, went to like one of a bigger basketball school that's not or somewhere like close to his home maybe like he's from Baltimore Maryland UMBC that's where he went <laughs> <laughs> is that even in Baltimore it's University, University of Maryland Baltimore, Baltimore County, County. Mm-hmm. I don't know but is that in Baltimore it's a good question I've never looked that I, up. I've never I've never looked at where <laughs> it's just located took it, took it for what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's Baltimore County. They have a great Twitter account, by the way. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Uh, hmm. Jeez, I don't, I don't know. I don't know either. Marquette, Memphis, Memphis. That would have been incredible. That would have been incredible. Twenty twelve Memphis team. Tubby. Tubby Smith. Dang. Dang. Yeah, I thought that was a good one. I'm glad I glad I went with it. Were him and Derrick Rose teammates? No, or was that way after Barton was there? Uh, 2010 through 2012. Ah, uh, yeah, 2010 through 2012. So we got. And so he may have been recruited by John Calipari, and yeah. then Tubby coached him. Yeah. Huh. My turn. Yeah, we got two left in a tie game. <laughs> well, I only got one left. We're gonna go, Mister. Bob McAdoo. Oh, that's a great one. Somehow I always end up with Bob McAdoo on my my team in 2K. Every year I somehow end up with Bob McAdoo, and he's got like Hall of Fame posterizer. He's always dunking on everybody. Oh, Bob McAdoo. I really hate the one that you chose for our last one. Ooh, that's a hard one. Why? That is too easy. This one's going to be good. This one's going to come down to the wire for sure. Um <sighs> Oh, that's hard. Is it Power 5? Well, we could either go one of two ways. We could go the easier route, and you probably get it at some point by guessing, or we could go the harder route where he started off and played his first two years of college basketball, and there's no way in God's green earth you'd get it. <laughs> so which which one you want? Obviously the one I'm going to get. <laughs> what I could a have, tough decision. Yeah, I, I could have given you the other two schools Steve Francis played at, but I didn't, even though I could have. Really? I didn't know that option was there. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to go we're power, not, we're gonna we're gonna go power five, and we're going to leave it at power five. <laughs> okay, we're going to leave it at power five, which means it's a good power five. Maybe. Maybe's always yes. Iowa's a good power five. That's Iowa's not a good power five. <laughs> Are they a good power five? Yeah. 
Oh, that's hard. Yeah, I'll take that one. Ooh, tough. <laughs> tough you're hitting the homer button, my guy. I don't Oh my goodness. It's fair. It's deserved. Hey, make sure he's not cheating. I'm not. Just lean down that computer <laughs> screen. Make sure that he's not cheating. It's literally just scrolling down our show. Uh-huh. But, um, sure. oh, my goodness. Bob McAdoo. Um, Georgia Tech. Went to the University of North Carolina. Really? Yep. Yep. So yeah, you're, a pretty good power a five. A pretty good power five. Wow. That's horrible. A pretty Come good, on. I can't even pronounce where he went to school before North Carolina. You were you didn't <laughs> help me at all. Vincennes University. What? V i n c n n e s. Vincennes. I don't know. Vincennes. <laughs> David Thompson. Considered the all-time best player in the history of the Denver Nuggets. David Thompson, huh? Ooh. I don't know. You don't have any guess? I don't have a clue. Well, that's His great. nickname was the Skywalker. He was a four-time All-Star, NBA All-Star Game MVP, two-time first-team All-NBA. He was an ABA All-Star, NCAA champion, NCAA tournament most outstanding player, consensus National Basketball Player of the Year, three-time first-team All-American, Three-time conference player of the year. Averaged 22 points per game for his career. I have no idea. Is it a power five? No, it's not. There's no way it's a power five. It is. Wow, that was a bold statement that just got wrecked. No way it's a power five. Oh, wait, it 100% is. Uh, hey, how about how about you creep a little closer to that mic so the uh, the the listeners can hear you there, Tucker? <laughs> He's thinking. <laughs> you have to think away from the mic. This, the, the mic is inhibiting on I'm your your thought process. Away from my you know electronics, so you can't t- possibly think that I'm cheating. Good. It's a Power Five conference. Yeah. God, that really doesn't strike me as a power five. The thing that I really love about David Thompson is one of my favorite stories of all time. On the last day of the regular season in 1978, April 9th, 1978, David Thompson scored 73 points against the Detroit Pistons in an effort to win the NBA scoring title. That same night, George Gervin scored 63 points to make sure that David Thompson didn't go over him in the scoring in, in for the scoring title, so it was Gervin's sixty three awesome. points ensured that he won the scoring title. That's awesome. I I don't is it SEC? No. I'm not giving you any more. Is it really a power five? It's a power five. <laughs> uh, we've gotten lucky before. And we're gonna have to do it again. We're gonna. This, ha- we get one more after this, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you started. We yeah, and you're not gonna get this. it. Okay, you're right. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's the hardest one I've got on my list. Perfect. And we Gosh. got we get when we got ours. I've actually That's got right. two more. Why I've got two more. Is that easy? We've got one more How current and one more easy? former. <laughs> I don't. Uh, you got a guess? Uh, 
Miami. <laughs> NC State. Yeah, well, the the Wolf Pack. I wouldn't have gotten that. I don't believe it. I don't believe <laughs> it. He's lied. I swear. So this is our last so three-time ACC player of the year. Yeah, I'm so mad that I didn't know that. Michael Jordan said that Michael Thompson was his idol and his role model growing up. David Thompson? Yes. Okay. What did I say? Michael, Michael Thompson. <laughs> yeah, that would, be, that would be Clay Thompson's role model and idol considering that's his father. So, yeah. Oh yeah, Michael Tom. Yeah, um, I'm. Um, um, Michael Jordan. Though. I'm really upset with myself. It's fine. Next one. All right. God, this is this is where it all comes crumbling down right here. I, you guys only have one more on your list. So last yeah. one. This is number two. You guys have only you, got nine. You, you started. No, we started. Yeah, and yeah. I've got two more on my list. Oh, uh, good. One, I've got two, one three, current four, and five, one six, former. Seven, eight, nine. We do only have nine. Come on, fellas. You gotta be better than that. We do only have. It's five thirty-seven. <laughs> Boy, we have been like doing this segment. We talked for a about long Tiger Woods we for did. about thirty minutes. We did talk about Tiger Woods. But you know what? That man deserves time. it. He You're deserves right. Deserves it. Uh, all right, Paul Millsap for the Denver Nuggets. Yep. Paul Millsap went to uh, a non-power five. He did non-power five. That's um, it. That's all we're giving him. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's a tough. It's tough. Paul Millsap. Man, that's hard. I like I like I feel like I should know it, but I don't. Why do I not know it? I feel like I've had this one. <laughs> I feel like we've had this one before. We might have, honestly. You pro- I think you probably know. Um, so it's a non-power five. I know that. It's a southern school. It's a southern I, – I think, I think I know what it is, but I want to – it's a southern school. Take a shot in the dark. It's a Louisiana school. I don't know. You'd be looking this up on your computer. <laughs> I know. I'm looking. He's not looking it up. He's. I was typing something up for the last twenty minutes of our show here that we're not going to get to. <laughs> At this rate, All right? At this rate, <laughs> it's so. If it's, it's a Louisiana school, I mean, it could be. Or, it's not. It can't be LSU. It's definitely not Louisiana Lafayette. Is it Louisiana Tech? It's blue. The, the school's blue. Okay, Louisiana Tech. Sweet. Ah, that was tough. Never take that man to casino because he's getting thrown out in ten minutes. Why? <laughs> getting thrown out for what? He looked at. He looked that up. All right, we're moving on. <laughs> we're moving on. That's <laughs> untrue. Okay. Uh, okay. all right, so fine. It's wait. You're in the lead. He's yeah, in the lead I got now. the lead here. Al Farouk Aminu, Portland Trailblazers. Al Farouk See, Aminu. I feel like, did he even play college in the United States? Yeah. Uh, probably not Power 5, I'm guessing. Oh, is. It is? Is. Is Power 5. Hmm. Is it a Big Ten school? No. Gosh. He's actually born and raised in the United States. 
Oh, okay. He was born in Atlanta, Georgia. Went to school in... Went to Norcross High School in Norcross, Georgia. It's not like a Florida State, is it? He was also a, he was also a five-star coming out of high school. So does that mean he I went gotta, to like... I got a guess. Does it, okay. But, I mean... What is it? I mean, this is it. If we don't get this one, then we lose. You know, he has, this you have one. I've got one more. This is my nine. Okay. And we've we got, tie he's it up. got one more. Even if we miss this, we could tie it up. I got to say he's a demon deacon. Wake Forest, yeah. Oh, my gosh. What a pull. He, he and Tim Duncan. Were they on the same team? No. No. Tim Duncan's way older now for Rick Camino, but, Yeah. I'll take that one. Wow. And a bag of chips. What made you think? What did you make? What I, you- I, knew, I knew he was ACC school, and it definitely wasn't Florida State. I'm glad you didn't guess that, by the way. But you knew it wasn't Florida State? No. Okay. All right. Final one. 76ers legend Billy Cunningham. Oh, wow. Back in the 60s. Yeah. Pulling out a 76ers player. That's a good move. Is it power five? Yeah. It is. I don't know why, but this is what came to my head. Kentucky? It is a blue blood, but it is North Carolina once again. (laughs) The Tar Heels are getting the man today. It's tough, dude. That is. Okay, my final one. We need it. You're not going to get it. It's going to be a tie. It's going to be a tie if we don't get it. Terry Wait, no, Porter. no, well, hold on. So it's, is it? It's, 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 it's five it's to five. It's five, five. five to five. This is the last one. Yep. Terry Porter. <laughs> Who does he even can, play for? Maybe he we, played for 11 years with the Portland Trailblazers. He was the starting point guard on those Portland Trailblazers team alongside Clyde Drexler. Is it a power? We can try to narrow it he down. Was a, There's a power, power five. He was a first round draft pick. He was a two time all star. So is that a no? It's not a power five. No, power five he averaged great. 12 points That's and six great. assists for his career. <sighs> he played for 17 seasons in the NBA. That's a long time. I get it. We should know it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he's going he's to pull out the entire stat book of this man's career. He remains the Trailblazers' all-time assist leader in franchise history. East or West? What? That's a big negative to either one. It's Midwest. Okay, okay. But it's non-power My five. Lord. He said we're never going to get it, so it has to be a small school. Is it like... Listen to this. During Terry Porter's 17-year NBA career, (laughs) he only missed the playoffs once. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty remarkable. Sounds like the GOAT LeBron James. Anyway. Not this season. He got hurt. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's a pretty big factor. Uh, Don't get hurt. Don't get all right. Yeah, hey, just don't, <laughs> don't get, get hurt. hurt. That's what he did for the first fifteen <laughs> Is seasons. Is he Division One school? Uh, no. Okay, we're we're, <laughs> we're stooping to no. the two level. That's why I. Well, that's why I went with it. It's now. Mid- Midwest. So is it true? True Midwest. True Midwest. Okay, not North or South Midwest. 
true North mid- Midwest. Okay. I got a school mind. All right. If you get this, I know you're cheating, just so you know. Yeah. I p- promise you he's my, not cheating. My, both of my stuff has been laid down the entire time. And I, I feel like if it's a Division II <laughs> school, what's pulling me is something that the Bearcats have played. Okay. Or maybe not. I don't, I don't know. I, I, mean, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. You know Division II schools better than I do, so. I'm going Adam Thielen's alma mater, Minnesota State. Wisconsin Stevens Point. Oh, it's what a Division. That? That's a Division Three school. Oh, come on. Yeah. <clears throat> I went. I went with the Joey Buckets heave and went Minnesota. Joey Buckets <laughs> heave <laughs> didn't really work out for me. So what? Does it end in a tie now? Yep, we'll take a tie on the scoreboard. In the nineteen eighty four, uh, after the nineteen eighty four seasons, made the playoffs sixteen times. Yep, that's pretty. Impressive. He was the only NAIA player invited to the nineteen eighty four U.S. Olympic trials. Seventy two players invited. He was the only player for from the NAIA level from the division three level hmm. i just want to point out we would have won this game if you would have helped me on on that one so five to five we tied we tied we tied that's tough that's what a- i'm sur- i'm thoroughly surprised because i put this t- list together as we were doing the show today so well i'm done so do we i'm i'm pretty yeah. ecstatic about that all right so in this final 15 minutes we have a decision to make here, uh, gentlemen. We could discuss preseason football or preseason or, or look ahead to next season for college basketball. Hmm. Well, I think we won't get to talk about basketball f- until next year. I kind of agree with that. So, so let's do a little, little basketball. So what, what we're going to do here is we're going to talk – about some notable teams, we're gonna we have a, a, an ESPN top twenty-five list uh, of programs. This came out about a week ago, so some things have changed, and, and we're gonna discuss that as we're going along the list. But we're gonna discuss players, these teams, who they're losing, who they're gaining, who's staying, those sorts of things. So, according to this article by ESPN, next season's early top twenty-five, way too early top twenty-five, has the Michigan State Spartans at number one. Um, According to all reports, Cassius Winston is going to come back. Um, if, if he, for some reason, changes his mind and doesn't come back, then that definitely changes things for the Spartans. But assuming he's back... He could be preseason player of the year. I think he will be, yeah. absolutely. Um, the Spartans will open next season, according to this, as the number one team in the country. Matt McQuaid and Kenny Goins are the only two seniors for the Spartans. But, I mean, Nick Ward is coming back. And, and with Joshua Langford coming back healthy, I mean this could be this could be a huge a huge thing f- for them. I mean Nick Ward getting healthy, Joshua Langford yep, getting healthy, guys like Rocket Watts coming in as as freshmen, a lot could could change here. Xavier Tillman also coming back for for the Spartans. I think there shouldn't be much debate at all about them being the preseason number one team in college basketball. So are they favorite to win the Big Ten? You think? Absolutely. Yeah. If Cassius Winston is back, if you talk about, I mean, Michigan are they could still contend. a preseason to win the Big Ten, even if they're even if he doesn't come back? Maybe probably not, just because losing him makes them a different team. And Michigan's getting Xavier Simpson back, and more than likely Ignis Brzezikas. Do you think Winston would get drafted if he went to the NBA? Yeah, maybe early second round, but I don't think he's a first round pick, which is why I think he'll come back. 
yeah. because he knows that the the NBA is he's no more than a second round pick in the NBA. So why not enjoy four years One of playing year. college basketball and being the possibly the best in in college basketball next season, which he probably would be. Yeah. The number two team on this list is definitely going to change, and, and that's Marquette. That's the Marquette Golden yep. Eagles. Um, definitely not going to be the case now that the Hauser twins, Joey and, and um, is Logan the other one? What's the other Hauser brother's name? I can't remember his name. Luke, possibly. I don't um, remember. The two Hauser brothers have decided to transfer from the program, which kind of surprised Marcus me. Marcus Howard's coming back, though. Marcus Howard is coming back, but... With just him and losing your second and third leading scorer with your fourth leading scorer graduating, um, I think that pushes them to a fringe top 25 team. And so that's that's huge. Marcus Howard coming back is is huge for, for Marquette, and that makes them an NCAA tournament team. Yeah. But it does not make them a top five or a top three, or definitely not the number two team. The Big in, East in could be interesting basketball. next season because Creighton's going to be a lot better. Villanova's probably going to get a lot better. Um, Georgetown. Georgetown's going to get a lot better. Uh, it could be because this year was kind of a rebuilding because last year they were so dominant, but this year was kind of rebuild. So the Big East could be fun team to watch, fun conference to watch. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Number three team is Kentucky. There are a lot of moving parts for for Kentucky as of right now. They might lose PJ Washington. They might lose Keldon Johnson. <laughs> Tyler Eero has already announced that he's foregoing. He's gone. Okay. He's going to the NBA. Reed Travis is transferring. That's surprising to me that he, you think he'll do well in the NBA. I mean, he's a spot up shooter. He played for a considerable amount of time as a spot up shooter. Mike Miller, Kyle Korver, JJ Redick. So I mean, he could definitely have success at the NBA That's level. Um, they're bringing back Ashton Haggins and Nick Richards, EJ Montgomery. They also, of course, they're bringing in top fifty five star recruits. Oh. Like As always, always, Tyrese Maxey, Khalil Whitney, Keon Brooks. They're getting a, a huge transfer in uh, a Bucknell grad transfer in Nate Seston, Nate Sestina. So uh, John Calipari is going to yeah, have pieces. They're going to be great. Um, so, so definitely a team to watch there in, in Kentucky. Number four team in the country is Virginia. Number five, Villanova. And number six, Duke. Those three teams are obviously are going to be immensely talented. Uh, Virginia's losing Kyle Guy, I believe. Um, Is Ty Jerome? He's only a junior, right? Ty Jerome's only a junior. Um, so that would be a good guy to have back. Yeah, certainly. Um, Duke will be able to get new guys again. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> as will Villanova. Villanova's returning quite a bit. Um, Jay Wright's going to have his guys ready to go. Number seven, Michigan. John Beeline doesn't have a single senior on this roster. Um, Charles Matthews, of course, went through his senior day f- festivities. He's an out. He's leaving. Um, uh, sophomore wing Jordan Poole has put his name into the NBA. You think that's one of those where he's just going to test it and then I, probably I, possibly come back. Um, he may decide to come back. Is this Brozdikas was doing the same thing? Um, Xavier Simpson and John Teske are coming back. However, this is going to be a tremendous defensive team. We already know that they always are. Always. Gonzaga, they're losing Ryu Huchimara, and I believe they're having one other player who's declared for the NBA draft, another lottery pick. So, but Gonzaga's Gonzaga. I'm surprised with these next two being up as high as they are. I I agree. Um, Number nine and number 10 is Maryland and Ohio State. Maryland, of course, a huge boost 
with Jalen Smith coming back, announcing his return for his sophomore season. But Maryland's ranking this high at, at number nine really kind of based on is is, is swaying on whether or not Bruno Fernando <clears throat> yeah, comes back. That's true. Um, if he ends up leaving, they'll probably drop. They'll stay inside the top twenty-five, I believe, but they'll definitely drop to fifteen, twenty. Um, with him back, though, they are a French top ten team. Had both of these guys left, this is not a top twenty-five team. But with Smith coming back, that's huge. Anthony Cohen's is coming back. Um, Daryl Morsel, Eric Ayala, and Aaron Wiggins, you never really know. Um, but what's really big is even if Bruno Fernando does leave, Makai Mitchell coming in, he's an ESPN Top 100 recruit at the center position, 6'11". He's a big guy, built very so you, similar. So you think even if Fernando leaves, that they'll still be all right? With they'll the still be fine, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and then Ohio State at, at number 10. The Buckeyes have kind of exceeded expectations in both of their seasons under under Chris Holtman, but they're returning a lot, honestly. Uh, right. I mean, Caleb Wesson coming back, C.J. Jackson is leaving, Keyshawn Woods is leaving, but other than that, they're pretty much returning everybody on their roster, along with bringing in a five-star point guard in D.J. Carton, who is a, a uber-talented and uber-athletic point guard along with Alonzo Gaffney and EJ Lydell as four-star wing players. Where's this that Carton kid from? He is from Bettendorf, Iowa. Oh, really? Yeah. Why couldn't the Hawks get him? Because he's a five-star point guard. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. But it's why a, Ohio State then if he's a five-star point guard? Because Chris Holtman's got him rearing to go. I don't really I don't really know how to explain it. And, and Ohio State has had tremendous success Fred's in the not past. not a good recruiter. Wow. Fran Harsh. Is, Fran is Horrible wow. at recruiting. How about we calm down? Let's Do you just, agree? No, just, that's a terrible let's take. Just, no, no, battle it out. That's like a terrible take. We got six minutes. There is no <laughs> oh, time fair. for this battle. That's, that's a terrible that's take. But fair. here's the thing is that I really didn't see Ohio State landing number 10. I know. I was surprised. I didn't either. I was, I was very, very shocked. I, I understand I it. At number 10. I mean, kind what of shocks that. me even more is number 11, and that's Oregon. I mean, you're losing. Now, I will say, granted, they were tremendous after the loss of Bull Bull, yeah. which is, right, Bull Bull leaving kind of would make me a little bit timid, but they were they made the Sweet 16 without him. So True. I understand them at, at number 11 a little bit. Seton Hall at number 12. 13 is Kansas. For the first time in 15 years, Bill Self is not the head coach of the defending Big 12 regular season champions. The Jayhawks are losing a lot. Yeah, Gerald Vick is gone. He was gone during the middle of the season. Charlie Moore is gone. Both of the Lawson brothers are gone. Diedrich went to the NBA draft. KJ Lawson transferring. Quentin Grimes, Yudoka Azabuki, what will they do? Big question marks. Probably leaning towards the draft, honestly. Especially for Yudoka would be my... But Yudoka's not on any board anywhere. True. And so, I mean, that's that's a tough thing. Um, If Grimes and Azabuki decide to stay... Devon Dotson, who Devon Dotson has announced that he's going to test the NBA draft process, but back. he he hasn't hired an agent, so he may he may come back. Okai yeah. Agbaji with another year in the program. Marcus Garrett, David McCormick, Mitch Lightfoot. So this is there's definitely pieces returning, but they're also losing a lot and a small small recruiting class as of right now. I'm sure there's a lot yeah, of guys available on the transfer left. portal and, and those sorts of things. So I'm sure they'll be they'll be just fine. Number 14 is Texas Tech. Not surprising that they've fallen this far. 
they're considering losing they, a lot. they are Again, losing a lot. Brandon like Francis, Matt Mooney, Tarek Owens, Norenci Odiasi are all leaving, graduating. Jarrett Culver is going to declare he's a top 10 pick, arguably. He's definitely a lottery selection. Um, but this is a outstanding, an outstanding recruiting class that Chris Beard has coming in. Scary recruiting yeah. class. <laughs> ESPN Top 100 Prospects. Everywhere, Jamius R- Ramsey, Terrence Shannon, Kayvon Murray, Kevin McCuller. I mean, just just lots and lots of guys. And then a JUCO transfer in, in Khaled Thomas. These are a huge recruiting class coming in for, for Texas Chris Tech and Beard Chris Beard. being a head coach at the JUCO level helps him landing some of these JUCO guys that could be serious factors. And everyone was said last year when Texas Tech lost pretty much everyone, finished predicted seventh in the Big 12. Now that they're losing everyone, I don't think they're going to – everyone's like, oh, well, they're bringing a lot back too. So it's going to be nuts. They're going to be good again. Louisville at number 15 in this top 25. Washington at 16. Surprised that they're at 16. Yeah. Arizona at 17. Utah State at 18. Utah State, how about that? At 18? That's incredible. That is incredible. I'm surprised Arizona's at 17 too. I don't – I – they got Josh Green and Nico Mannion. Nico Mannion is a very good basketball player. I've seen player. some of his highlights. Very good basketball. <laughs> and they're, they're bringing back quite a bit as well. This was a, a very up-and-down Arizona team, an NIT team in Arizona, but returning quite a bit. They're the number one recruiting class in the nation. I didn't know. Yeah. That. yeah. So that, maybe that's understandable. Which is, I mean, that's just what Sean Miller does. Not always in the best of maybe means. Maybe legally but, or not. Yeah, yeah, legally or illegally. That's yeah. what he does. He brings in top recruiting classes. Florida at number 19. Kayvon Allen, Jalen Hudson, Kavarius Hayes, Keith Stone. All of them gone, along with a couple guys transferring. Mike White, who really knows with him. But this is a tremendous recruiting class as well, especially according to uh, Florida standards. Scotty Lewis is a McDonald's All-American. Trey Mann, another McDonald's All-American, Omar Payne, Andrew Nimbard, Keontae Johnson, Noah Locke. There's a lot of young talent on this basketball yeah. team. We'll see if inexperience plays a factor, but this is definitely a top 25 team to watch out for yeah, in, in the Yeah, they're SEC. a young team, so we'll see how deep they can make a run in the tournament, but I think they're a tournament team. Houston at number 20, St. Mary's at number 21, a couple of non-power seven conference teams yeah. there uh, that you're looking at there. Number 22 is Auburn, and, and you can't really argue with it. No. I mean, I understand they're a Final Four team. They were .6 seconds away from making a national championship game and possibly winning a national title. They but, also have an ESPN 100 player coming in. So, But there's, there's, there's almost no team in college basketball, aside from maybe the Duke Blue Devils, that are losing as much as Auburn true. is. That's true. Bryce Brown, Horace Spencer, gone. Jared Harper, Chuma Okuki could test. I mean... I would expect Jared Harper to probably. I, I would say so. Um, Isaac Okoro, like you mentioned, is an ESPN Top 100 recruit. If Harper comes back, they definitely might move into the Top 10 conversation, Top 15. But, I mean, if Chumo Kiki comes back as well, I believe. I mean, he's before the ACL tear. I think if he doesn't tear his ACL, this might be a hot take, but if he doesn't tear his ACL, I think he's. I think Auburn wins that game against Virginia. I yeah. really do believe that. 23 is North Carolina. I'm not sure the last time I've seen North Carolina this Hello. low in a top 25 ever, at least under Roy Williams. Uh, that, uh, that's a remarkable thing to me. Um, Memphis at 24, that could be 
either a very good ranking or a very bad ranking. The only reason it would be a bad ranking is because I think Memphis is definitely higher than the 24th most talented team in college basketball next season. You got a crazy recruiting class. I mean, you got the number one recruit in the nation. Right. And, and you're, bringing so, in, you're bringing in a guy like Penny Hardaway that is just immersed in the game of basketball. like that, yeah. And then number 25 is Tennessee. Tennessee has won, won 57 games combined in the last two seasons, a top three seed in the tournament the last two seasons. But, I mean, Rick Barnes was being associated with the UCLA job a little yeah. bit. Of course, that's not the case now. But Grant Williams... It's probably going to declare early. You could even say Jordan Bone might declare. Admiral Schofield, Kyle Alexander, Kyle Alexander, both graduating. If Williams does decide to come back, he's a, he's a preseason player of the year in Almost the SEC Cassius and Winston, yeah. possibly NCAA player of the year candidate alongside Cassius Winston. Him alongside Lamonte Turner and Jordan Bowen. But five-star recruit Josiah James makes this Tennessee team a lot more favorable in their games this season. So... A lot of a lot of wait and see with the volunteers. A lot of wait and see with a lot of these teams. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting to me that taking a look at the top of this top twenty five, you're looking at teams like Michigan State, Marquette, Virginia, in in this top twenty five, in this top five part yeah. as teams that it, there's not a lot of hype surrounding freshman guys coming in even Villanova at there's five there's no Zion no yeah. Duke at six is is the highest I mean Kentucky at three but they're going to return a lot yeah uh yeah there's a lot of uh team I guess non-blue bloods is that what you're kind of yeah I mean because Kansas is at 13 you mentioned Arizona has the number one recruiting class in college basketball they're at 17 in this top 25 yeah so in compared to years past and these top these two earlier these preseason top twenty fives, there's a lot less emphasis placed on incoming freshmen because you've seen with teams like Duke and all the hype and the freshman mad right the ask. freshman it's, phenoms, it's not playing as much of a hasn't role. Worked. Yeah, yeah, it hasn't worked since Anthony Davis, it, and it hasn't really worked. It hasn't translated into titles. So yeah. I think that's 100% an impact on the emphasis of the recruiting classes. We haven't seen it be successful since Kentucky. That's a great point. A great point. Whew. I'm excited. Basketball. We got a long time until we get to talk about basketball again. But boy, it was fun to cover. I it know. A, it was a fun time to cover. April 16th, we got, what, two weeks left of classes, and then finals week the following yeah. week. Uh, it's winding down pretty fast now that basketball season's over. Um, Going to be a lot of just n- – all over the place sort of sports conversations yep. and a lot of fun Maybe we can a lot talk of fun about discussions yeah that was great a lot of fun <laughs> discussions today talked about a lot of things we mentioned basketball we mentioned football we mentioned hockey we, we mentioned did. golf we, we mentioned all mention sorts hockey. of sports it wasn't we just did. football or basketball today nba playoffs <laughs> nba yeah Everything. the nba playoffs just i mean we don't have college basketball. We don't have college football. We don't have the NFL. But there's still a lot of great sports going on. Thanks again for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Logan Weber with Tucker Quinn and Austin McNaughton. This has been Tuesday Takeover on KZLX.